Hello and welcome into Coach's Corner. The date is September 1st and it is the first, I would say, official day of having a good college football game on and we're going to talk about it here on Coach's Corner. Along with that, we're going to go over some MLB stuff, kind of clean up from past couple weeks that missed and I think that's it. I don't think we have a whole lot going on, not in the NFL world, just a lot of team signing practice squad guys not a lot there but with that being said let's get into it And hello, and welcome into Coach's Corner. As I told you, we are in September finally. It is the first of the month. And we have a big, meaningful college football game today. This very day, as you're sitting wherever you're at, going to work, coming from work, I don't know, being in literal work as we speak, we have college football. And it's something that I'm just, I'm deeply excited about. And I cannot wait. And the thing is, it's a good game we have. It's not Northwestern Nebraska as I talked about so happily yesterday. It's West Virginia. It's Pittsburgh. It's the backyard brawl. Renewed. Back better than ever, probably. Because we have Pittsburgh, who's ranked 17th in the country. Not a bad ranking. And then West Virginia, who is welcoming in JT Daniels, you know, UGA legend, if you want to call him that. And, I mean, I think this game offers absolute fireworks. I mean, really, like I said, it's a rivalry game. It's something that is renewed. You know, Keaton Slovis, the quarterback for Pittsburgh now starting, um, came out and said, F West Virginia very emphatically at whatever pep rally, I guess they were doing. And the stadium or the, the games being held in Pittsburgh. So that should be some extra juice. I mean, West Virginia is wearing some new uniforms that, you know, they kind of teased throughout the off season. It's just all up. The vibes are all up. The energy should be there for a Pittsburgh program that really kind of I don't, I'd say break out, broke out last year because they won the ACC title. You know, I mean, obviously they lost two of their big stars and their offensive coordinator. However, they are still have, they still have like a ton of talent along that offensive line. Uh, they still have, you know, talent on the receivers because I mean, it's a very high octane offense Players saw that. So it, I believe clearly got some recruits coming in there and like I said, West Virginia has, you know, JT Daniels coming in, who's, I would say, easily their best quarterback since Will Greer. And him in the Big 12, I think, is going to be a treat. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to shoot up draft boards or anything special. If anything, he'll probably be a mid-round pick or something. But if he can stay healthy, I expect fully expect him to have a great year just because, I mean, I mean, he's been through it all, and he's, I would say, a seasoned veteran now in the college system. If he can stay healthy... I mean, this could be a really big breakthrough for him to beat a ranked Pittsburgh team here. 
to beat the kid who I, I don't want to say stole his job, but kind of like overcame, you know, his job there at USC with Clayton Slovis. I don't the vibe, the just the whole feeling around this game feels like an energy to the college football season that we needed. This is a Thursday not full of stinkers, and there's a lot of stinkers. It has one primetime game here that will be. I would say everyone will be glued to that because everyone's ready for football. I think people are craving it. I think people uh, have had their fair share of baseball, you know, whether they're like a big fan of the sport or not. There's been a lot of baseball and not a lot of anything else. You know, the basketball we had basically yearly last two years with COVID stuff, but now it's back on its schedule. So basketball hasn't had anything to talk about. People have been waiting for the full football season to come around. Because, I mean, it's just, there's no different, there's not a sport that compares in energy levels as college football does. Because the thing is, everyone has a team. It's the glory of it. Everyone has, everyone, I won't say everyone went to college, but a lot of people went to college or a lot of people rep a college. And the beginning of the season, you just, everyone is zero to zero and you all have a chance. And typically you beat this team week one. And then you have the rivalries that make it that much deeper. Because I don't think there's been any, no professional sport has created the same rivalries as college football has, college sports in general. I think there's something more intimate about it, just because you, like I said, are just as much of a part of the team as anyone else. Because I think being a fan is one thing, but being going to the college and actually being a part of the school is a whole different beast. Like I said, you can you can tie your alliance to any school. I mean, really, I mean, people do it all the time here in the South. Going because, all right. Fun fact: half the people who probably support Georgia or Alabama have not gone to the school. That is, I'd say, well over half actually. But nonetheless, they're still as diehard as they can be, and they consider themselves just as much a part of the team and energy as anyone else. And I would think you can feel that sometimes in the stadium. If you do go to a game, I'll never forget the Georgia Arkansas game that I went to last year. And they drew like three false starts for Arkansas start off the game. I don't think there's been a more energetic environment that I've been in. Uh, And I've been to a ton of pro games and I've been to a handful of college, but that energy in that stadium that day was through the roof. So the intimacy of college football is something different. It's something that I am just craving this. Like I I was sitting here tonight at work and I was just like texting my buddy. I'm like, dude, we, we, I just want college football. Now (laughs) I want college football right this second. I want it on my TV. I want to be glued to it. Saturday is going to be a glorious day. 12 hours of football. I'm probably going to be, I'm a, I'm a sit in, just watch all the action. I have my bet card together. I'll talk about it here in a second, going back to Pittsburgh and West Virginia, but like I'll just be glued in the entire day to just college football because there's going to be a good game, I think, in every time slot, if I'm not mistaken. You know, we start off with, mm, I want to, I want to say that's the Florida Utah, but like we'll we'll get Georgia and Oregon in the middle of the day, and then from that game we'll transition basically right into Columbus to Ohio State and Notre Dame. So those are two games right there. I think that are huge for the you know set the tone of the season and everything should be 
you know, really kicking off into full gear. Let's see. NC State, East Carolina there in the early window. You know, North Carolina, Cincinnati and Arkansas is in the 3 o'clock window. You know, just games on games on games. And I cannot wait. Ah, Utah, Florida is at 7. So, <laughs> I don't know how much I'll be locked into that. But it is a thing that's happening. Then Oregon State, Boise State's like for the real sickos. That'll stay up at 10.30. Mm, then uh, also Florida State LSU on Sunday and Clemson Georgia Tech on Monday. We'll be we'll get the whole weekend. The whole weekend will be college football. It just ah ah chef's kiss. Just watch. Mm. I'm going to be here for all of it. So as I said, still going back. Um, yesterday I explained it briefly where I was doing like the five for five or whatever. And the 5 for 5 is what I ended up going with. I got five picks. I'll do the rest tomorrow. But but for tonight's game, or yeah, Thursday's games here, West Virginia and Pittsburgh is on my card. Just because, you know, I figured I want some action here on the first night. I want some good old-fashioned hate, you know, some good old, like I said, a rivalry, something that I think will be very hard to predict each way. Now, Pittsburgh, I believe, had eight points. They were an eight-point favorite because, like I said, they are the ranked team. They had a great season last year. They're the ACC champs. I mean, the defending ACC champs. No one really talks about that as much because North Carolina State's getting a lot of preseason hype. Wake Forest was before Sam Hartman got hurt or went out indefinitely. And Clemson, Clemson's really getting picked as a kind of a playoff team. I mean, really... For as much as people were talking crap on them last year, people have kind of turned around and like are immediately putting them back into the college football playoff. Now, I'm not going to do that. Frankly, I don't believe in DJ Ukulele. Um, just not a fan. But, you know, I mean, it's very underrated that Pittsburgh, I think, is ranked 17th. I mean, Oklahoma State is ranked 12th, which is five spots higher. And I think... You know, I think the 12 range is about where you're like, these teams all have a chance at the college football playoff. And past that, like, you guys are really good teams, but not, you guys aren't the top 12 for sure. And then you get into different tiers within the top 10. But, you know, Pittsburgh, I mean, is really, I think, getting largely right, wrote off. And I understand why. Like, I understand all the reasons why losing the Heisman quarterback, big wide receiver. Um, it's a big deal. Like I under, I get that, but I mean, ranking them lower doesn't, you know, I, I, I think it just downplays what they achieved last year and it's a new season, but at least start them off higher and then drop them down. I think that's fair. That's more than fair. I think, I mean, this might be a bad take, but I think the season should start off around the rankings that we had last year. And then after week one, I mean, well, after week one, we can transition it and just basically flip it on its head because some of those teams will probably end up losing or whatnot. But, you know, transition, like the rankings that we have today should be like next week's if you really believe all those things. Like, I don't know. It's, It's a very inconsistent kind of system, I think, for certain teams like Pittsburgh that, Lost, you would say, big impact guys, but I think they kept a lot of guys, and they brought in some new guys. It's just because just they're new doesn't mean they're bad. So 
I don't even know where I started this point. But the point is, Pittsburgh's a really good team. And I think West Virginia has been down. Like, I think West Virginia had a run there where I won't say they were competing for the Big 12 title, but they were, I would say, healthily in the mix. Like, they could beat basically the Texases, the Oklahoma States, the Baylors. They, they were beating those teams, I think, as an upset kind of team. Lurking around eight wins. And then, really, it just kind of fell apart. And I think they had to, you know, I, I believe uh, Dana Holgerson went to Houston from West Virginia to Houston, which is weird to like go from a power five to a group of five, which they're going to be in the same conference here coming up. So that'll be very interesting how that plays out. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I think that kind of put them down a tier, like put them down a notch. They were kind of had some good momentum and it just stalled there and it, they hit a big lump. However, I think, you know, last year was a, a solid year for them. I don't think it was anything special, but you know, coming off of last year, bringing in JT Daniels, I think, like I said, big five-star quarterback. Yeah. I don't want to say it like brings a new energy and that it will like a long-term affect them, but I think it is a bigger deal than some would make it out to be because it sounds like weirdly enough, JT Daniels didn't have that much of a market when it comes to the transfer portal. Just, I don't know if it was damaged goods or what, but I mean, he was highly touted coming out of USC, and I mean, he, I think he had different options that if he wanted to go like compete for a spot at Ole Miss, he had a chance to. Um, I don't know if he had a shot to go to Texas A&M or whatnot, but like you know, I, th- I think there were better spots than West Virginia that he would have had to compete for a spot. But he chose West Virginia because I think he saw an opportunity to start right away. Um, they might have gave him more, you know free range i guess on the offensive how it's gonna be called and stuff like there are reasons as to why he probably picked west virginia that are more internal than external and you know i have to trust the guy who has been i think a good quarterback in college level when playing so i say all that because i do have a pick on the game and I'm not going with the spread. I'm not touching the spread. I think, like I said, so I've talked about how much of a rivalry it is, how much of the teams are, I think, closer than the spread says. So I went with the money line pick. And I did do the money line pick for the Pittsburgh Panthers. I frankly think that Keen Slovis was one of the more impressive quarterbacks that I've watched on film when he is playing at his best. Now, I don't think we've gotten his best the past year. I don't think last season was an indictment on who he is as a quarterback. And I think USC was about as much of a dumpster fire as you could get in terms of a big time program. Like <clears throat> Clay Helton was every much as bad on the hot seat as Scott Frost is this year. And sure enough, Clay Helton got fired and now is at Georgia Southern. So I don't think there was really any winning that job last year. Like, I don't think there's any, he wasn't going to do any big winning time. I stuck up for him more than I probably should have because I didn't look past him and saw that USC was bad, (laughs) just bad. Now he did have Drake London, who obviously went eighth overall and was a big piece of that offense and another good player on that offense. And he's going to a team that just, 
has less talent, I think, on the outside than USC. But with that being said, we saw Kenny Pickett last year. We saw how that turned out. You know, I think that I think Keaton Slavis has shown more in his college career up to this point than Kenny Pickett did up to the point where for last season. So I think with a good offseason under his belt in Pittsburgh, you know, <clears throat> going through the, with the team and everything, I think he's going to be ready for a good season. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. I don't know if it'll be like a Heisman level. I don't know if it'll be like immediately like now he'll go to the draft level. However, I think we'll look up and he'll have a good amount of yards, a good amount of touchdowns, and not a lot of picks. I think he will be sharp because, I mean, the ACC just isn't that good. I think Pittsburgh is one of the better teams. I think they are a top three team in the conference. So with all that being said, that's why I'm like riding the money line. I'm not, I, I've, I would take Pittsburgh points, like the eight points, if I really believe that they could blow out West Virginia. And it is in Pittsburgh. But I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be like a, you know, Pittsburgh might be up 10, and then West Virginia answers with a touchdown. And Pittsburgh kicks a field goal, and West Virginia answers with a field goal. Like, I could see it being like a very back and forth. Like, West Virginia is competing the whole time, but they just can't get over the hump to beat Pittsburgh. And so I think it's going to be a close game. I think if I had to pick out the score, like, just off the top of my head, like, 38 to 33. That sounds like a weird enough score. High scoring where I think you hit the over as well. And I, I just see Pittsburgh getting the win here. I think they're just one of those teams in the ACC now where they're just going to basically throw, throw. Like, there's going to be an offense that just plays really well, but the defense will not make stops when it really needs to. But they're going to be a bend-don't-break defense, you know? And so that's like, that's the big game that I'm really analyzing. I'm really looking over because I just, this is like right up my alley where it's two teams that I think have like <coughs> generally good like vibes around them. Like definitely not your two best teams in the country. Definitely not like a Notre Dame, Ohio State, but two mid-tier level programs with the defenses that I really don't think are that good that'll throw the ball around. This is like my game. This is, they made this game and thought of me. That's what, that's what I'm thinking watching this. A couple other teams that we have going on this weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State, like I said, is number 12. They're playing Central Michigan. Tennessee's playing Ball State. UCF's playing South Carolina State. Wake Forest is playing VMI. I don't know who that is. Uh, we do have another actually pretty good matchup. It's Purdue. Uh, Penn State at Purdue. I really like Purdue in this game almost too much where it's like, I, I think Penn state's favored by three, I think, or something or two and a half, but like, I like Purdue's quarterback a lot. I Aiden O'Connell, I think is a really good pocket passer, kind of a throwback player. Um, and Penn state, I think Penn state's one of those jobs right now where it feels really messy. You know, Penn state had a run there where, you know, I think that last year they were good. Like, 
they had a run there where they were winning like nine games or competing for a Big Ten title. And now they've kind of fallen off because James Franklin's like flirting with every single job on the market. Like I thought USC was a slam dunk for James Franklin, but never materialized. Like Penn State feels like they're in a very weird spot where they can either just the wheels fall off and everyone kind of leaves and just Penn State dies out or they could just rally around it and actually be good this year. However, I think they're returning Sean Clifford for another year for some reason. I hope they're not. I, I could have mis- been misinformed there, but, you know, I, <coughs> I think Purdue, Purdue had a really, you know, interesting year last year when it comes to just, like, they were did their Purdue thing where they basically upset Ohio State or Iowa. Like, right after they get up in the rankings, they just upset them. Maybe Purdue starts out in front this time. They're actually one of the better teams. They always have like a player or two on offense that makes some noise. And like I said, Aiden O'Connell, I think, is a legit guy to watch out for. Now, I, like I said, this is like, t- it seems too good to be true for Purdue. You know, it just seems like Penn State, the classic Big Ten team, will just beat up on Purdue here. But I think this will be a close game. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one as well. Uh, Eastern Illinois, shout out cousins that went there playing Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois, I don't know if they're still good, but I remember Northern Illinois had a moment where they were like the Cincinnati of their year and they just did not get respected. I think they got blown out or something, but they're playing. Uh, Mizzou's playing Louisiana Tech. Minnesota's playing New Mexico State. Arizona State's playing northern arizona so would be there those are really the big power five teams you got fresno state also playing you may be a couple other schools here and there nothing really crazy but yeah that's like <laughs> thursday thursday man thursday's gonna be i'm gonna have two monitors set up probably just watching all the watching the games here so with that being said i i think it's a good spot. Uh, the college football stuff, they're also meeting for expansion. It could be done Friday. That's what they're saying. Now, that'd be really inter- interesting turn of events compared to like where we kind of were earlier in the offseason where it seemed like they were going to stay in pat, but now maybe they're going to push through a 12-team playoff, which would be really fascinating to see how they would do that. Uh, I've, be- I've been for expansion. I'm not. I won't say I'm not a fan of the four teams because I am, but I think there are just ways it could be better, more profitable, especially with the playoff system because everyone loves playoffs. I mean, playoffs just make the stakes higher. They make the hype more. So I, I think this is a good move. We'll see. I think teams that are not deserving will get in just based on how it goes. But, you know, I, I do think it is a positive thing. So that should be all college football. We're going to transition here to baseball, talk some standings, get some scores, and send you on your way. And now, so talking the MLB, dinking it to the rankings, kind of the, the way the league's turning out yesterday. However, we do have some stuff to talk about with how the leagues are shaping out. And I think we're starting to see finally some changes around, you know, where certain teams are 
you know, sitting. I think we're starting to get more of an idea of what teams will probably be in the playoffs, that kind of deal, as we head down to the last month, I guess so now, because October baseball means playoff baseball. And so as we always do, so we start off in the AL. Houston Astros are kind of basically, I think, going to wrap up this one seed here sooner than later. They're up four and a half games on the Yankees right now. Uh, I mentioned that Verlander's out on the IL right now, and I I think that's tough, but I mean, I think it's more of a, I don't know, I don't want to say rest him, but like get him, you know, more ready for postseason baseball than having draw out some more wins here in the regular season. So it is more of a precautionary thing than anything, but the Astros are a wagon. They're playing really good, and I see them probably just locking up this one seed. The Yankees. Now, the Yankees, who have been very hot and cold here in the back half of the you know All-Star break, the second half of the year. Um, Aaron Judge, I think, is still comfortably the AL MVP. I mean, he's gonna, he might reach 60, you know, I mean... It's not out of the question. He's playing out of his mind still. I think he's been a stud for them, obviously. But, you know, the rest of the team has not been up to par, not what they've been the first half of the season, that's for sure. However, I think they're still going to win their division just because, I don't know, they're just, they got so far ahead. <laughs> like, they started off so well that it seems really hard for teams to catch them because I don't think those other teams, like, Tampa and Toronto, I just don't think they're as good to catch up. But, you know, I mean, they're the Yankees. They'll probably collapse in the postseason. (coughs) It'll be very funny, but we will see them later. Sorry for the coughing. Like, I really am. It's just still getting in the groove of things again. Uh, but as I mentioned, the Tampa Bay Rays, they are sit- sitting in the first wild card spot. They're the third best team tied with the Mariners. Actually, they have one less loss than the Mariners, but both with 72 wins in the first two wild card spots. Then you have Toronto sitting there, the last spot, kind of holding off the Orioles, but the Orioles are making some moves. They called up their top prospect, Gunnar Henderson, who hit a home run tonight in the second at bat. So Gunnar Henderson is, I think, already an electric factory. I think he ran out his home run trot. Like, he didn't walk it out or anything. He like, enjoy it. But name like Gunnar's a great name for hitting home runs. And he did that tonight. So good for the Orioles fans. See another prospect come up and do things. That's just really cool when that happens. But they're trying. They're nipping on the you know heels of the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are not safe, despite, you know, just being, the I think, the perfect amount of Mid, <laughs> the Blue Jays are just. Mm. Uh, the Guardians are holding on to the NL Central right now. Uh, they're about a game and a half over the Twins. I think really right now it's going to be between the Twins and the Guardians. We'll see how it plays out. I, I don't know if they have any. I'm sure they have some series coming up. Like would shock me, but that'll probably decide the season there. I think those two, that division is between those two teams because the White Sox, I think, are firmly out of it. Uh, Tony Lewis is gone right now for medical purposes. I mean, he came to the job as an old man already, so it's not shocking to see this kind of play out. I think Tony LaRusso will be gone. In some capacity, I don't know if it'll be set, like, because he wants to, 
or because his health doesn't want him to. Like, I, we'll see. And those are, like, really, I think, the main teams. I mean, seeing the Orioles there just honestly makes me so happy. And the Mariners, too, because the Mariners are going to break this playoff streak that they've had since early 2000s. And the Orioles, just, like, a bad team that's been so bad. But, you know, calling up their guys, finally, Adley Rutschman, I think, has been a culture changer. Gunnar Henderson, like I said, hit a home run tonight. Good things, Good things for the Baltimore Orioles. In the NL, the Dodgers and Mets are playing, like, they're not playing as we speak, but they're playing a series right now. Uh, the Mets won tonight, so now they're, like, one-to-one in the series. Um, playing in tomorrow, obviously. And, I mean, the Dodgers have their onesie, I think, pretty locked up. The Dodgers are about as locked in as you can be. They've just been a wagon. Uh, the Mets are, you know, hanging out behind them. I think they're going to hold off the Braves now, sadly. I mean, the Braves are just... I won't say the Braves have been bad, because, I mean, they've really just lost in brutal ways. Like, they're they're very much competing in these games, but the Braves aren't, like, knocking out teams like they were before. No one's really on a hot tear right now for the Braves. It's just kind of like... You get a good performance from Riley tonight. Bitching will go right. Um, you know, like it's, it's very, it's not complimentary baseball. I don't think they're playing complimentary at all. I think the bullpen's kind of been on and off, like <clears throat> very bad lately. Free didn't have his stuff last night, you know, very, it's, I don't, it's just very weird baseball. They're not playing. I don't think it's a whole unit, which they were for that stretch when they were winning a bunch of games and they were beating bad teams, but. I mean, the Rockies are a bad team. They lost to them yesterday. And they're better than the Cardinals, and they lost the series to the Cardinals over the weekend. But I say all that to say that the you know Braves sitting in the first wildcard spot, still not out of it against the Mets because they have one more series, obviously, coming up towards the end of the month. But we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, in the Central, uh, the Cardinals seem to have now... Firmly taking hold of the Central Division uh, over the Brewers. Uh, in the wild card spots, though, you have the Phillies and the Padres who are fighting, both trying to fight off the Brewers, who are, I, I would say, in the wild card mix. Uh, they're about two and a half games out, so they're not dead, but they're not particularly close. And the Padres are just kind of a weird, weird spot of just not being good enough. Really, to that, like, I think, really make any noise. But obviously, they have Juan Soto, Manny Machado, who are trying to carry the load. Uh, the Phillies are now, you know, have Bryce Harper back from injury, so they they might hold on. <laughs> the Phillies have a tendency to collapse here at any moment. Like they, I I'd say they're worse than the Mets when it comes to just like absolutely collapsing. Like they'll just turn into a pumpkin. But for right now, they are holding on to a wildcard spot. I think they have a chance at making the playoffs, which is really weird. I haven't seen that in a while. And so that's how the two leagues are holding out. I don't know who... I think the NL MVP will be Paul Goldschmidt at this point. It seems a little too late for anyone to really make that jump unless Austin Riley goes supernova this last month. 
You know, I mean, it's possible. He's got, like I said, got a home run tonight. But as of right now, just it's Paul Goldschmidt's to lose, and I don't think he's going to lose it. But that being said, well, oh my goodness. Okay, well, we're doing MLB scores. That's what I'm going to say right now. And I don't, the Phillies are not collapsing tonight. No, they, the, <laughs> the Phillies are uh, beating the Diamondbacks 18 to 1. That, that was the noise you just heard me react to because, my God, 18 to 1. Come on, Diamondbacks, have some shame. Um, the Braves did beat the Rockies 3 to 2 tonight. Good Lord, 18 to 1. That's so bad. That's demoralizing. Um, Astros beat the Rangers five to three. Brewers beat the Pirates six to one. Padres edge out the Giants five to four. Uh, Orioles beat the Guardians four to nothing. Cardinals beat the Reds in extra innings five to three. That's that's sad. I think I saw this lady went four for thirty four. Both teams with running runners in scoring position. Bad baseball in. I don't know, Cincinnati, St. Louis, whichever one. Rays beat the Marlins 2-1. Uh, the Nationals beat the Athletics 5-1. Whoop-dee-doo. Cubs beat the Blue Jays 7-5. See, the, the Blue Jays, like, they have so many good players, I think, on the team. Blue Jays are in the playoff race currently with, I think, with the interim manager and firing everyone else. They have so many good players, but, God, they are just mid. They are so mid-level. Uh, Mets beat the Dodgers two to one. Mariners beat the Tigers five to three. Red Sox beat the Twins six to five in a close one. Then the White Sox beat the Royals four to two, and the Angels beat the Yankees three to two. With I think Otani hit a monster bomb because Otani, you know. <laughs> So with that being said, I think that's a good way to end the show here. I think the way to do this now, I you know, the more I'm recording these shows, unless we have a massive news day or I drop a tear, the shows will be shorter. They'll probably be like 30 minutes, 31 minutes. But you know, I, I think it's a good way to get some news out if we're unless we do a big preview. Like b- big shows probably will still happen just based on how the news days go or something. But I mean, uh, doing this every day, I think if we're going to have a Thursday where we just talk, you know, strictly a couple games here on the third, like next day or whatever, but like we're, we're just going to have a short show. I think that's just how this might be going for now. But that doesn't take away from the quality, of course, you know. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Do whatever you want to do with the show to get it out there. Just pump it out. Make sure. I don't care. Pump Play it for a little bit. Play in the background while you're working out or something. I don't know. Whichever way you can support is always appreciated. And with that being said, until next time, goodbye.